Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Yay! That's me! That's <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's explain that a little bit. Welcome, everybody, to Cannabis Agenda. We have a little bit of a different show today again. Uh, Mr. Pot Green, we're, we're absent one, Mr. Pot Green. I can't say that we could find possibly a better replacement than we had today. Our producer's on with us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jamie. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine, thanks. I'm grateful. I like to sum it up in one word. I thought about that for a while one day. I thought... That's a good answer where you don't just go, yeah, great, and not think about it. Great. It seems so impersonal, you know, but I don't want to stop and go. That's why we do that kind of stuff because we want to, like, you know, not keep everybody forever and go, well, this is what happened. And then I ripped my sock today and then all this little stuff and people are <laughs> dying, you know. So I thought I want to do one word that's just like great or good or something but actually means something that's really honest. So I say grateful. And you'd be amazed at how many times, like the vast majority of times, people kind of stop or they look at me or they go, oh, that's a great thing. So Amen. that that's literally the truth. It's how I'm doing, and I'm grateful even to be grateful. So I encourage everybody to look into that a little bit and <laughs> figure out all the things they have to be grateful for and use that positive energy to run your life on. That's right. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, we're missing we're missing the pot green today, unfortunately, but uh, we're going to do a bit of a news show, I think. Yeah, we have uh, so much stuff going on today. I think it's uh, just kind of ended up that way. That just just because, just due to the fact that there's so many different things that are happening around the nation, actually from one end of the nation all the way to the other, in a literal sense. That yeah, we can fill a show with that. So uh, what do you want to do? Just get right into it. Um. Uh, sure. Okay. Why not? Uh, let me see here. Well, I've got some stuff to talk about. And I think it's probably a good idea to start with the place that has the most going on right now, although it's kind of neck and neck. Yeah, but, Colorado uh, or California. What, what do you got? Yeah. What do you got? Flip a coin. We'll start with, uh, let me see. All right. California it is. Um, I flipped my imaginary coin. And uh, there, there's uh, more ongoing talk about this pending initiative. You know, of course, everybody's aware by now about the the statewide California initiative to uh, legalize uh, an ounce of cannabis for adults and uh, the ability to grow your own cannabis in your own secure place. And uh, now they're, you know, a- as expected, the the opponents finally came out and started really, really talking about this issue. And there, there's a lot of argument about the figures. Uh, there's very little consensus on a lot of this stuff that's going on. Some people are saying those figures of, you know, injecting 1.4 billion a year in taxes and fees into the state general fund is really is really not right. It's really really bogus figures. And some people are saying it's way less than that when you get really down to it. And some people are saying actually it's way more than that when you really get down to well, it. I'm so the latter camp there myself. Yeah, me too. Me too. And the thing is that um, the the annual pot output in California, according to the State Board of Equalization, is estimated to be worth $14 billion. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's the case, I think that uh, the figure would be considerably larger than the $1.4 billion, which would well, bode well for the approval of this initiative, I would think. Do they figure the $1.4 based on uh, – um, is, that, is that just the taxes of the sales of marijuana there? Uh, no. For the taxes, they're saying that would be um, – about 200 and, or 300 and something billion dollars. Let me see. Uh, Mil- fi- million dollars. Yeah, million. I'm sorry, million dollars. Did I say billion dollars? Yeah, I'm off in billion dreamland now. Uh, so I'm about saying that word. You just start going billion. Billion. So the, the rest of the savings is in um, uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. and uh, prisons and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said about the only thing that both sides right now that can agree on uh, if that is that if the measure pass passes um sorry uh nobody knows exactly how it's going to play out so should be uh interesting you know i always love it when they say you know all of this wretched horrible stuff's going to happen if this passes and then something passes and none of that stuff that they swore up and down would definitely happen 
happens <laughs> and we're all like well where's the big like you know nightmare that you were talking about and <laughs> so i'm hoping that we'll see a lot more of those things play out because each time that that type of occurrence uh plays out it it, it changes the the public opinion about this issue in some way and in whatever increment you know so i think it's uh not much farther until uh, we get to a, na- a nationwide tipping point where you know, a lot more people, especially with new generations, with the, by the next generation, a lot of the more stalwart opponents are are people that not necessarily have any basis for their beliefs, but they've just been fed the propaganda machine back in the third. They're from that generation, you know, back when Anslinger was all over it. And so, so you know, these pretty, these pretty these, locked into that worldview. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want. We don't want anything negative to happen to these people. I wish they'd live forever, but you know, reality is life is. We're not living, you know, too much over a hundred years old, and you're lucky to get there. So, before long, it's just in the natural scope of things. Uh, the population is changing to where um, a lot of the youth are 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 pushing this movement, this these national various uh, national movements um, in a big way. So that the it's just going to increase the the positive opinion about cannabis in this nation. And it's inevitably just gonna gonna get better. So that's a positive thing. Yeah, I have another positive thing. Sure, what's going on? Uh, uh, Jay Leno, uh, uh, our, our our esteemed Governor Schwarzenegger appeared on his his program a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, they were talking about the election and politics. And um, Jay Leno, also being a California resident, asked him about um, the initiative on the ballot this fall. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was approached pretty lightly. Um, but uh. Governor Schwarzenegger, I will tell you what he did not say after this clip. Uh-huh. I want to ask you about it. There's a big thing here in California to legalize marijuana. Well, here's my question. They spend all this money, and it's, it, it is expensive to get something on the ballot, isn't it, by the time you get through it's it? It's very expensive, okay. yeah. Okay, let's say they approve it. Federal law trumps state law. Federal law can come in and say, no, sorry, it's not legal. And the, and the whole thing is moot, correct or no? Well, by the way, that's not correct at all. I think the the tenth uh, amendment, the tenth bill mm-hmm. of rights, says uh, that any any rights not enumerated or any um, uh, responsibilities not enumerated to the federal government um, are, you know, in the Constitution are default to the states to decide. Uh, the federal right. government does not does not trump by default. First of all, I have a little bit of experience in this uh, okay. from the seventies. From the 70s. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I, I really believe that, uh, first of all, I believe in the laws that we have right now. But mm-hmm. I don't think that um, if it wins or doesn't win, it makes no difference in the end because it's going to be challenged in the courts exactly. anyway. I mean, think about that. And, you know, definitely the highest courts would then approve it. Right. If they're, if they're really high. Right, exactly. And that, that's basically it, you know. They, but I'll tell you what he didn't say. He didn't say uh, marijuana is the worst thing in the world and uh, you're all going to die. Right. So, you know, you got to start somewhere. The, he didn't say it's bad for the kids. You know what? I, I hate to say it, but I feel like he would be a lot more outwardly negative uh, toward cannabis if there wasn't, like, solid footage of him puffing on a big giant dube. <laughs> Which is unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is, so I'm really glad that he's not out there. I mean, being, regardless how you feel about the guy or, you know, whether he should be governor or not or, you know, if he's the greatest thing ever for California or the worst or whatever in between, you know, the the fact is he is the governor of California. He is the governor of one of the largest, and, and I mean, this California has a, a bigger gross domestic product than Shoot, a lot of the the countries of the I, world. I think it's the sixth or the seventh largest uh, economy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, by itself. The bottom line: this guy has got some power, so it's great that he's not bad mouthing this uh, effort. You know, in any in any any pointed or you know strong kind of way. Anyway, absolutely. Yep. So, so um, do you have anything more on California? Um, yeah, I got a couple stories going on with California. Um, it looks like uh, just last week we haven't been on here. We had the 420 show that we recorded, so we didn't we didn't really have a live. Uh, it was kind of a different thing. So we've been been away since then, and in the in the interim period, 
more than 200 people attended a day-long forum in California to address concerns that legalization could lead to a collapse of the North Coast lucrative underground pot industry, which is pretty interesting. I mean, we're, a lot of us are aware. Of course, we're all on, the, on this show, we're all aware of those issues and those concerns that some of those uh, individuals and in different parties have about this uh, this thing in November. Um, uh, they said that a smattering of government and business representatives attended, but the greatest number were associated with the cannabis industry. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting that, you know, some of the most dyed-in-the-wool, tried-and-true uh, underground uh, pot growers in our in our country are attending a, a big event to to keep their ability to to, you know, practice this, this, these behaviors. Do you know the location of this event? Um, yeah, it happened in Ukiah. Okay. Uh, so Mendocino. Yeah. 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 Yep. There was a, there's a similar event that happened in, um, Redway, which is uh, Southern okay. Humboldt near Garberville, um, two or three weeks back where I, I, you know, it might not have been 200 people, but a lot of the local community gathered to discuss this issue. Uh-huh. And, I think uh, Anna Hamilton was part of that as well. Um, Anna Hamilton from home, from right in your backyard there. Uh, she's a musician and a Humboldt County public radio show host. Um, she organized the first marijuana economy forum in Humboldt County last month and helped with this Messino County one as well. That's the so one. That, that's probably the person. We'll uh, definitely try to get uh, Miss Hamilton on here to at least uh, give a couple comments. Hopefully we can get an interview if we're lucky enough, and we'll definitely be looking into that soon. Um, let me see. Additionally, in California and uh, Santa Cruz. I have, oh. uh, I have a Mendocino clip here if we want to. Oh, very good. Yes, yeah, let's go from, with that. Uh, this is, this is uh, a, a video that played on Fox 10. Um, in, uh, they might be out of Ukiah, but uh, they're in the same area, and I'll just hit play. Right. California's picturesque Napa Valley, home to some of the most respected vineyards in the world and one of the state's top tourist spots. When the winery industry and the uh, vineyard industry took off in Mendocino County, it was after Prohibition. The reason for that is you had the ability to market your wines. John Pinches is a county supervisor in Mendocino, California, about 155 miles north of San Francisco, who'd like to see a similar marketing approach with pot. I think that'll bring in tourists from all over the world to look at uh, how we process and grow the finest marijuana in, in the world. Maybe tasting rooms where they put it in brownies or smoking uh, rooms. It certainly is the cash crop in an area of Northern California known as the Emerald Triangle where it's estimated that up to $4.4 billion of marijuana is grown each year. It's a demand out there that's it's demanded by millions of people, and I think that that's the American way. If there's demand out there, then find a way to supply that demand. In November, California voters will decide whether or not to fully legalize the drug. If the ballot measure passes, pot would be legal for anyone over 21 years old. Anyone could grow it, and it could be taxed. The State Board of Equalization says it would generate more than $1 billion in additional tax revenue for the state each year. But opponents say, don't let that number fool you. The regulatory costs and the associated public health costs and public safety costs will far exceed uh, the tax revenue. How about the two guys with the beanies and the shears? They were really going at it, sitting down there. Hey, they got a job, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Employed. Uh, if the law passes, California would be the first state where pot would be legal for recreational use. And a poll conducted last year shows that 56% of voters in California are in favor of... I guess it just cuts off right there. Yeah, well, you know, that happens in an organic show like ours, but we're happy with it. You know, um, that's an interesting clip. Yeah, that's, that's uh, that is the vision now is what you, uh, boutique pot farms and shops. Sort of, and, it uh, sounds like they're trying to model it sort of directly after the wine industry. Exactly, and it's, which and I've it's probably mentioned valley. half a dozen times already. That that I think that's a great idea. So I'm definitely on board with that. I think it's a great way to ca uh, categorize uh, cannabis as well. Um, if, I don't. Uh, what did they say? Four point eight billion dollars of cannabis every year comes from <laughs> the. Uh, uh, the gold or the the triangle triangle yeah yep absolutely um there's a young lady that's just the she's the new uh 
president of the Golden Triangle chapter of um, Normal. So we'll try to get get something going with her as well. We'd love to hear from some important people in these in these issues that are in the thick of things. So absolutely, to speak. we need to we need to work on getting some more some some people on the show. Absolutely, um, it's coming together really good though. I'm really happy with the progress we've made, and we uh, we have a new phone number. Oh yeah, let's announce the new phone number. Fantastic, let it rip. It's uh, if if anyone would like to call and leave a question for us or a comment about the show, um, or criticism or complaint or um, please no uh, profanity. <laughs> we'll take some profanity, but uh, you can do so by calling us at seven zero seven six five four can. That's six five four two two six six. Um, and uh, if it's something worth playing, we'll be happy to play it on the show as well. Sure. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be positive or something that we like or agree with. Just so you know. Just I know we're so going to get know. some messages eventually that said, you assholes are definitely not going to run this, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep keep listening, overly happy guy. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll be surprised that, you know, well, I'll be damned. They put it on there, you know, because, yeah, you know, if it's something pertinent to the discussion, that's what we're about. I believe in my vision, I think we're all – uh, together on this, that cannabis agenda is intended to be and and committed to being a, a show that is organically, you know, kind of come together and, and, and created. But and, and we know obviously it's a natural kind of a format we run on, so we can ad lib and different things aren't overly structuralized. But we also try to keep within a somewhat of an objective bent and, and talk about things in more of an objective manner. So you know, if if, if it's if it's pertinent or if it's relevant to the issues, you know, that we're, we're talking about, which is basically anything cannabis related, then by all means, yeah, we'll, we'll appreciate, you know, your efforts in, in leaving a message about that as well. Also, if you're, if you are in the field of uh, marijuana reform or uh, medical marijuana and um, you're listening to the show and you'd be interested in sitting in on uh, an episode, we'd, we'd welcome you as well. Absolutely. Please call us up and we'll have a couple laughs and uh, do a show real quick. We'll give our email address to it's cannabisagenda at gmail dot com. Excellent, excellent. Um, you said you you had a story in Santa Cruz. Was that it? Yeah, Santa Cruz. Poor lowly Santa Cruz. We were talking about him last. The the, the reason I say it that way is uh, just a couple uh, week uh, shows ago we were we were discussing uh, dispensary issues and we we're talking about Santa Cruz having a very very restricted. They only have two dispensaries in Santa Cruz. That's what they're and, limited uh, to, right? Yeah, and they're limited to that. And there was recently uh, two more applications to bring more in there. And, of course, that just shifted everything to a panic state. <laughs> and they were like, oh, my gosh. So they've been uh, they've been trying to assess what they should do. They put a temporary ban on. Since then, one of these applicants has dropped out. But uh, they want to try to establish whether or not there's a need for uh, an additional or any additional um, dispensaries at all. And uh, it's kind of a conundrum. They're, they're kind of tightening up and trying to keep things pretty strict. So we'll see. They're, they're trying to uh, require that there's detailed financial information. They want to make sure their, their, their aim in this whole thing is to assure that there's no profit being made at all anywhere, which nope, I don't nope. really know how that's possible to assess that accurately, but – <laughs> a, yeah. a team of accountants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a big team of accountants. Oh, more wasted money. Yep. So, I don't know. It's uh, it they're they're allowing for uh, people to you know grow a lot of grow their own and everything. So, I mean, it should keep prices down somewhat. But I mean, it's it's unfortunate that they they would be so kind of short-sighted about this issue. I mean, there's a big, there's a big interest with uh, the prices that you pay. I mean, currently an eighth of, of medical grade cannabis or, or medical uh, cannabis from a dispensary run you about 60 bucks. That's $7,000 a pound. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's killing the, the private, a lot of private growers. I mean, it's just, they're, 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 they're it's, it's, causing all kinds of havoc and uh they i don't know i don't know where we're going to going to go with this issue but this is definitely one of the the several primary components that needs to be hashed out you know in order for the 
a huger portion of the nation to to get on board with uh, medical cannabis, I would imagine. Leave it you know, to a, California to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that's the place. That's the testing grounds, the proving grounds, the <laughs> cannabis official worldwide. That's what we should rename. Welcome to California. They should have a sign when you come in. Welcome to California. Official global cannabis <laughs> proving grounds. Official proving grounds of anything. Yeah, really, really, um, it kind of works out I mean, that way. A lot of things, at least. I don't want to. <laughs> For sure, <laughs> can't take all the credit in the world, but well, a lot of things come come from this place. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you know, if I could seg ever so smoothly into this one, uh, if California is going to legalize cannabis and make a big uh, kind of a cottage industry out of it, then they better get their tails in gear, because Uh-oh. in Oregon, their next door neighbor. In case someone is not really up on their geography, shame, <laughs> shame on you, by the way. Look at a map. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're that clueless to know that Oregon is not directly butted up against the top of California, then please, please stop stop ingesting cannabis or any other substances at least until you can kind of get a clear sense of mind and invert yourself on basic information like this. Um, that's just my personal uh, uh, advice. Uh, Paul Stanford from Oregon wants to turn Oregon into the Anheuser-Busch of the United States. Ooh, I don't like that company. <laughs> I don't like that company either. <laughs> I think that's a very poor descriptive of this, but you know, it's aggregated news. So that's, that's what it said with companies legally sp- supplying marijuana products to the entire country. That's the, mm, that's the now, Anheuser-Busch that's, model right there. <laughs> that's the part. Yeah. That, that's why they use that as an example outside of a few law enforcement officials. And here's the definitely surprising part to me. Outside of just a few law enforcement officials, nobody is objecting to this. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, most everyone in, involved with medical cannabis in, in Oregon believes that the state program is broken and dramatically different from the limited concept Oregonians thought they were approving at the ballot box 12 years ago. 12 so, years ago. Isn't that something? Yeah, only, uh, what's that, just two years after California then? Oh, that's just time flies, brother. Holy smokes. I want to go back. Slow down. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, as as the program has evolved and grown during the past decade, it's reached a point where police say they can't investigate many growers and dealers they believe are selling to the black market, which is this typical thing that they always say. But on the other hand, legitimate medical marijuana cartilage can't get the drugs they're entitled to because state law says they can smoke it but not legally buy it. Mm, that's that's <laughs> which problematic. I would say is uh, – Pretty broken. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, how how that's going. It's but uh, so far with few voices and little money in opposition to well-funded and organized national and local marijuana lobbies. Stanford's vision is steadily coming closer and closer that's to reality. So Look out, we'll, California. Uh, definitely keep our our eyes on that. Yeah, that should be. That should be an amazing thing when they're talking about, well, we're not going to legalize it. We're going to – this is wrong and all this is bad and all these arguments are going on. And then instead of one state doing it, like the whole North Coast blows up all at once, <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be amazing. I mean all we need is, is Washington State to get on board now. And I would imagine if, if Colorado and California both went the way of, of at least limited legalization that – it would be very likely that uh, Washington State would follow suit. What do you think about that? I think, yeah, that's the natural <laughs> order of things. Yeah, it is. That it is. Actually, <laughs> I think it would just kind of naturally fold out that way. So that's cool. I hope that works. Um, do we have anything else for California? Uh, no, I have. Are, I, we, I have a further west coast item. Okay, uh, Alaska. Oh, very interesting. What's going on up there? Well, not not really so much in uh, in Alaska, but uh, the former senator uh, from Alaska, Mike Gravel. Oh yeah, I like Mike Gravel. He's a good guy. What's he got to say? He was he was on uh, the Young Turks, and they do a radio uh-huh. slash video podcast, right? And uh, just a short little uh, interview segment. I thought I'd play for us. Excellent. Let's run it for y'all. Finally, you, you know, you mentioned marijuana there, and I know last time you were on the show, you talked about how you'd smoked uh, a little bit, and you think it should be legal. Uh, so is government making a major mistake there by not legalizing it? And uh, Oh, it's, it's terrible. We spent over a trillion dollars on the whole drug war, and it's a disaster. All it did is fill up our prisons, use taxpayers, and, uh, and damage other foreign governments. You've got a problem with uh, 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 cocaine coming out of 
uh, out of Afghanistan right now. Well, if you deregulate it, you don't legalize it, but if you want to get any, go to a doctor, get treated, because uh, drug addiction is not a criminal problem. It is a public health issue. Amen. And now what we do with our crazy policy is we make the criminals, uh, the drug addict, the, 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 the people who, who deal in drugs, criminals, uh, and they're, they're, they're the ones that our children go to the street corner and get their drugs from. Senator Gravel, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, do you still smoke up at all or no? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, oh I did God. when I was younger, but i tell you the truth, I never got a high out of it. Ah, I, me too. I never got a high. For some reason, my metabolism uh, did not respond. Once I had some brownies that were laced, and those were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we love having Senator Gravel on the show. Pure honesty. I love it. <laughs> oh, so that, that was pretty good. I had to play that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. I love that guy. I didn't realize that he had talked about uh, personally toking up in his past, though. That's I did not interesting. Realize that either. This is a former senator of the United States. Yeah, I can't believe they just asked him. You know, do you still do that? Oh, uh, nope. <laughs> well, according to, uh, I mean, the, it sounds like they they talked about uh, talked about it before. Ah, that's awesome. So that was from Alaska. Very, very cool. Should we move on to the next uh, competitor? Keeping yeah, we, up uh, we with have, uh, latest. Oh, oh, the next competitor, yeah. Yeah, you know uh, you know who's got the most things going on right now next to California? The other big C. Uh, Rocky, Mo- Rocky Mountain Wonderland, Colorado. Oh, that state. I love that state. I love that place. I do, too, man. I don't know many people. I mean, something seriously has to be wrong with you if you don't like Colorado. I know. Maybe something personal happened that was bad in Colorado to somebody. But other than that, I mean, I can't imagine how people wouldn't love that place. I mean, the first time I went through Colorado, there was there, – I was stopped. I was riding on, through the highway, passing through, and we stopped to rest. And I'm sitting there, and there's these two little girls driving their little bicycles down the street. And there was a little piece of, like, garbage, like – I don't know what it was, a little paper thing or something. And uh, the girls are just riding along, minding their business, and they stopped their bikes, and they got off, and they walked up, and they grabbed the litter, and they put it in a receptacle and got back on their bikes like nothing ever happened and just rode off. And I thought, wow, (laughs) (laughs) Illinois is so far behind this place. Oh, I can't believe it. I mean, the the overall attitude of people that I saw there was just – it's obvious. No, we're not going to throw all this crap around our place. Pick it Jimmy, up. it sounds like we lost some volume in your mic. We did. Is it better? Is it coming? Let me oh, see here. Much, much better. Yes. Okay. Good deal. Um, I think I uh, might have tipped some controls here. Um, anyway, that's uh, it's it's just a, a fantastic play. I'm so glad they've got this legislation coming through there and getting approved. But. Um, the 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 kind of aftershock of all this is a little bit more tumultuous than I personally had anticipated. I think than probably quite a few people had had uh, expected. I think uh, so. It blew up very quickly there. I mean, in California, it was it was. I mean, it's it's been a twelve year process, but in, in Colorado, mm-hmm. it's all this has changed so fast. I think people very, are amazed, amazed by the pace of change in Colorado. Yeah. I think so. I think I think that's an excellent point you made. I think that's a big part of this is that they're just kind of catching up with, you know, they're they're coming out of the holy. I, I would say they're more than catching up with <laughs> with California. They are giving California a run for its money. Truly, truly, it's an amazing and positive thing. I'm very happy for that. They're also unfortunately embroiled in the fight as much as California. So, uh, you know, good on Colorado for for hanging in there and trying to make things best for you know the honest needs or you know requests or desires of the people. Lots that's, of good people from Colorado. Certainly so, and we all know a lot of people from there ourselves. So that's a that's a. a personalized situation for a lot of us but uh just this uh the general assembly is poised this week to uh, give communities across the state the ability to kick the medical marijuana business out of town (laughs) believe this yeah we've been talking about this dispensary issues for quite a while it's a lot of stuff going on but uh there's this massive bill and contained within a massive bill to regulate the burgeoning industry is a provision that would allow counties and cities to regulate licensed or prohibit the cultivation and sale of medical marijuana so that's kind of crazy but that means prohibit the sale 
Yes. Uh, An entire county? Um, it would allow counties and cities counties to regulate. Yeah, they can regulate, license, or prohibit the cultivation and sale of medical marijuana. I, I think that's I, that's got to be outside of the outside spirit of, of the law. I would think so, too. But it means that it's it's HB 1284, in case uh, people are listening and want to know that, please definitely take note, especially if you or a loved one or a friend is from Colorado um, and is pro-cannabis, definitely, definitely let them know. HB 1284. and uh, Probably representative. This, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it makes it through the state Senate as expected this coming week then the debate over medical marijuana would only increase in Colorado Springs, where a task force has been hashing out proposed city regulations. El Paso County, meanwhile, has temporary regulations in place for dispensaries pending state action. So everyone, uh, a lot of the counties around the state already have reacted to this pending uh, legislation with uh, temporary bans or freezes or so forth. That's not good. I can imagine. I mean, I'm not too familiar with the, the the county geography of Colorado, but I can imagine some of those rural counties are fairly large. And if, yeah. you know, if the county you lived in prohibited medical marijuana, you would have to drive a long way. Sure, sure. You know, <laughs> just a, a, a quick personal comment about this. I, I really... I really believe that perhaps, and this is, of course, just my personal opinion. It's important that I stress that. But I believe that perhaps we've lost the crux of the issue here. We have to to maintain solid on our demand for a legitimate uh, action to allow something that's legitimate for legitimate purposes. And there's a, there the, the, the bottom line truth is there's a lot of people, a heck of a lot of people in this country that are hurting or suffering from conditions or various medical ailments really severely, you know, in a very significant way. And cannabis can mitigate the circumstances that they suffer from that. You know, and that's what it's about. And I think uh, when, when you, when you ch- make changes in the law, in, in relation to these types of issues, uh, there's going to be a ton of people that come on and bring the kind of a cultural, you know, fun attitude toward it too. And I think eventually if, if we don't maintain uh, an intentional kind of adherence to, to the, you know, what the real true issues are and why these things are all coming about in the first place, then we can, uh, we can lose sight. We can let these legislators come in and stomp all over you know, what the people want. I mean, this is a law. This was, this was passed and put into law. It's, you know, of by and for the people. And then if we don't follow up with that or we don't, we don't uh, tend to the issue, you know, to, to through its fruition, then, you know, and even after that, you know, to be diligent about it, then, you know, it's, it's very possible and possibly even likely in some areas of the country that, you know, the, the official government officials will run all over this. And eviscerate it and basically take all the, the goodness out of it, you know, like Illinois pending legislation. We really hope that gets passed. But then again, at the same time, they've restricted it so much in the, in the spirit of being safe or legal or, you know, non-California is kind of like how they're, they're, they speak about it. They, they don't want that to be like California, they say, which I don't really entirely get. Um, but They've they've restricted this pending legislation here in Illinois so much that it's not it's not effective for people. It, it misses the whole point, and the point is not about getting legislation passed and doing certain things. You know, it's those components are are a part of this whole thing, obviously a huge part of it. But the point is that people are hurting really bad, and we want to to offer them something that's non-toxic, that's proven efficacy levels through, you know, the thousands of years of anecdotal evidence, but, you know, not just that, you know, over 20,000 published uh, research doc, credible research documents around the world that we have about cannabis, you know, and we want to, we want to make sure that people have access to something that they, they should have that can greatly benefit them. And, and we can't, you know, and that's on one end. I mean, this show doesn't deal exclusively with medical cannabis in my activist efforts. I focus mostly on that, but, but we also talk and we're, we're all in con, you know, congruence on our, on our opinion that, you know, outright legalization is a good, is a good maneuver too. And we're not really basically focused just on outright legalization to get cannabis where it's more, uh, or at least equally as much based on the other side of the issue where let's stop hurting people and, and, and arresting people and damaging people's lives 
for something that's not damaging anybody or any, you know, the person using it, cannabis, or the people around them. So that's, I, I just think that, you know, I don't mean to make a long interjection about this, but, you know, it's very, very crucial that we all keep our minds keep our wits about us and, and, and maintain, I mean, have fun and live our lives, but, you know, don't lose sight of what the really important issues are that, you know, how these things came to fruition to the point to where they're at now, at least, you know? So even, even though this Illinois bill is perhaps prohibitively restrictive, um, you still support it. Absolutely. And initially I was, I never was against it. I was, I was a little on the fence. Um, well, actually, when it was first being developed, and you know, they've tried running these things through Illinois um, at least four, four years in a row. I mean, I think maybe even longer than that. But you know, they've been running these things. Different sponsors have come up with them, you know, and ran them through, and they haven't really got anywhere. Mostly, you know, and they they started it. I don't know. They've made it through a com- couple of health committees before. But this time it's it's past all the hurdles, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I started to reconsider and really look into this and say, you know what, it, it really is restrictive. And the legislators that I've talked to, which uh, uh, amount to probably several dozen, they they all pretty much uh, seem to understand and agree with me that this is overly restrictive. Some of them that are – and it's funny. It's across lines. The people that are against and the people that are both for and against, they both, they both think that uh, – it is. They they understand that it is restrictive, overly restrictive, which is it's kind of bizarre because you know we want to get this passed and they're they're the guys that are supposed to write the sound legislation. So we're we're uh, overall. I just came to the the conclusion that this is a cannabis law, and to have three plants in my in my uh, closet is a thousand times better than nothing at all. You know, so I think that that is a good. I'm typically not that um, overjoyed with the with the idea of what do they call that incrementalism. Mm-hmm. But you know, in this case, when there's when it's Illinois is a tough place, and I mean you know that, and it's it's just unlikely that this law would have got or this legislation would have gotten this far. Um, so we're we're all thrilled with the fact that you know uh, Lou Lang the the Congressperson assemblyman that uh, um, sponsored this legislation. It's SB thirteen eighty one. In case anybody wants to call legislators in uh, in uh, Illinois, now is the time. Um, he has been voted uh, approved or promised, I guess, uh, a floor vote. So it's gotten all through all the hurdles and it's ready for an actual floor vote. Wow. And Lou Lang wow. says will not call that vote. It's too important for this legislation to get through. He will not call it unless he has the number. So he's been working on it. He's got, he says 52 to 54 pretty much sealed up, but he's got like 90 plus people that say in total that say, you know, this is fantastic legislation. I hope it gets passed yet. You know, 40 of those will drop off when it comes actually down to brass tacks and voting where the people are going to see that they voted this in, oh, which yeah. is ridiculous. You know, I think that's a failed argument because they're, if they're if they're polling in a, in a vast majority <laughs> in support of medical cannabis, what would be the potential issue? You know, backlash from your voter. I guess maybe some of these people are from very conservative kind yeah, of Illinois. I mean, if it, it Illinois itself is a very red state, even though it has some dark blue areas. There are, yeah, most of the counties yeah. in Illinois are pretty red. So we're hoping that works out. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that. Uh, the proponents of of this these new laws and rules will will stand stick to their guns and, and stay diligent and not let uh, not let the powers that be come in there and just eviscerate the effectiveness or the, the beneficial aspects of the legislations and rules and referendums and initiatives that were getting passed. I mean, it's it's just essential. And it would be all for naught, and then it would wrap up with a big bow at the end, and it would be like this is the 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 temporary uh, cannabis debacle, <laughs> you know, as a whole. It, it just blew up and flourished in the United States for seven years, or well, I guess with if you include medical, it's you know it'd be longer than that. But I mean, just the legalization aspects of it, it would, and I don't want it to end up being that way. And I and I, I'm not trying to be a you know whatever negative guy or anything, but I'm just, I'm just leery of these things. I'm, I'm aware that we, we need to be grateful for what we're, the, the progress we're making, but it's not over yet. And, you know, as long-term activists, you, you yourself as well. I mean, you're, you're definitely aware that it, it's, 
it, it seems thankless and it just it's it's like a energy vortex that <laughs> threatens to suck your life out of you you know you know staying diligent with these kind of issues it just takes so much energy and and you know attentiveness but we're grateful that that a lot of strong individuals competent individuals are out there fighting that fight and carrying the torch for people because you know we need to get things where they where they should be and and stop hurting people it's amazing with medical cannabis though it's different than than outright legalization because because not only do you save all the hurt and harm from the law enforcement, you know, overbearing, you know, draconian tactics. Can I say that on this show? Draconian is that too ideological? No, 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 uh, no, no. no. That's, you know, that's in, a, in a literal objective, an objective, I do believe. I think so. I think so in this. I honestly think so in this case. But yeah, um, we just have to main, remain diligent. Now, they, you know, the cut to make the make the whole the whole story a little bit shorter. I know we got things to move on to, but you know, I I'm grateful that people are out there, you know, making sure that they don't dismantle this stuff. Because just because we get things passed, which which often, I think in the most in most occurrences, is a somewhat of a long shot. You know, it's somewhat of a of a coup to pull this off. And, you know, I mean these things, just because we get there, that doesn't mean it's sealed and it's done. I mean, a lot of them are, are initiating sunset acts now. You know, like the actually, this is the this Illinois uh, legislation pending now. Is I wish I could say impending, but so far it's just uh, pending in the kind of out there in the wind. It will uh, it will allow for three plants that are mature and six plants that are well six. What is that? Six plants total, and three of them can be matured any time. And uh, I forgot what else um, is part of that legislation, but. Anyway, um, before I get too lost in my thought, let's. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty restrictive. It's overtly restrictive. Yeah, yeah prohibitively mm-hmm. restrictive. Absolutely. Do you like cops? You know, I'm so amazingly grateful that you asked me that. And uh, the truth is, well, I guess it's a mixed bag. I was going to say yes, but, you know, that's the. That, I guess I should be a, a little bit more particular. I like. I very much like and, and greatly, greatly appreciate honest, uh, down-to-earth cops. <laughs> There's a ton of them that aren't that way, and that's a huge part of the problem. But, yeah, I think <laughs> cops are great. I think a lot of people have problems with cops, and I don't argue with some of them because that's their deal, and you know that's okay with me. But the, the bottom line is if you're, if you're, like, in your house and somebody's coming in, they're like whacked out of their mind somehow and you see their head and their like dirty boot is coming through your window and they're going ah, and they're looking at you all crazy they got a weapon well, you're not going to call aunt you know janice or you know uncle larry you're going to call the police right away you know if somebody is like falls over you know and they're like hurt really bad somebody like you know gets hurt like hit by a car and the car takes off and you know and you run up to them you call a cop right away man you know, I mean, there's a lot of legitimate reasons we got to keep in mind. Then again, it is somewhat of a wicked coin here because with all the positives that, you know, uh, decent, honest law enforcement officers bring to us, um, there's a just a, an, a, an amazing array of negatives. You know, I mean, there's a rampant uh, uh, steroid abuse within the police community because um, there's there's a, 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 a lot of competition between different police forces and they have actually police Olympics and things like that. And there's a certain level of machismo that kind of goes in <laughs> or, sure. ma- sure. you know, with that whole mentality anyway. So you get all that together and mix it with a competition against forces and police forces. And there you can imagine. Well, the problem yeah, is, uh, yeah, you add, uh, where are you going to say steroids? <laughs> no, no, I was, I was thinking of a, <laughs> another drug. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the the problem is, and I'm probably sure that, you know, what you're referring to uh, is probably in there too, as well as an array of other unwanted substances. But the, the, the problem is that there's a rampant problem with steroid uh, abuse within the police communities, you know, and uh, it's not – like you go into a police force and I mean, I'm sure there's a possibility that there might be one out there that's this way, but it's not like as if there's, you know, you go to the police force and half the people are just like way, you know, amped out on, on steroids. But, you know, there, there's typically, you know, some individuals, you know, in a, in a lot of the police forces, especially the bigger ones that are, are regular users. And I've seen it firsthand. What about, what about cops that smoke pot? 
Um, you know what? I think I might know of a few of those, and uh, they keep it somewhat out of my, you know, de- definitive. You know, I can't say for a fact it's definitely true, which is great because I allow that to happen too. I, I don't. I want that to be that way. It's. 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 I think it protects both of us, but. I, yeah, I think there's several of them that do that, and what I about, think that they do their jobs about, really well. What that's about what I like to smoke pot while on duty. Um, yeah, I don't really think that that's a great idea because what about, I, what about cops that smoke pot while on duty in their patrol car? Yeah, I don't really think that that's an awesome idea either. Obviously, that's just that's just worsening things. I mean, the, <laughs> the next step would be what about cops on duty in their patrol car with a firearm in their hand? I got a clip for you. <laughs> then, if you add some steroids, we're in big trouble. You know, but uh, yeah, what do you got going on with this clip? Let's hear more in about it. In his this. seven years of service, 34-year-old officer Wesley Lamb has taken many suspected criminals to jail. But today, he was the one being booked. I approved the Special Investigations Unit immediately to do a 24-hour surveillance and covert investigation. An arrest affidavit said Lamb took 86 grams of marijuana from an undercover officer. Lamb told the undercover officer he was going to destroy the drugs rather than submit them to a property room for evidence. Instead, he kept the marijuana. The officer was found to be in possession of marijuana while on duty, made confessions to everything that we suspected, and immediately resigned his employment. Police found the marijuana in his personal vehicle and inside his work bag. He did admit using during the shift, but we don't know how long this has been going on. We did find evidence in his person. Chief Jeff Halstead said he was ashamed and furious at the revelations. To those very, very select few who think that you can stand against policy, that you can violate the public's trust. This guy is pissed. I will find you and I will fire you but said he will restructure the department to keep this from happening again. I will reorganize this department, and within three to six months, I am going to at least double the amount of sergeants and lieutenants in the patrol division. I want them checking on what our officers are doing. Officer Lamb has been with the department since 2002. Police say he could be charged with tampering with evidence and possession of marijuana. In Fort Worth, Susie Solis, NBC5. It's not good for Officer Wesley wow. Lamb. Um, yeah, this sounds like his entire career. I'm almost uh, compelled to defend the guy. <laughs> he <laughs> lost an entire career over that. You know, it's just about, you know. He didn't steal the pot. Yeah, that's the that's probably the most egregious part of the whole thing to me. But I think so. I, I would yeah, so. yeah, as far as uh, cops using cannabis, I mean, I've heard this argument before, you know, from people that say, oh, yeah, oh, what would you think about your bus driver? You know, because, you know, I use public transportation on purpose because I think mm-hmm. it's a smart thing to do. It's just my personal choice. I don't razz anybody about it. But but they're like they brought that up because people. Sorry about that. And I thought I thought, what? You know, they can get they sell like Everclear, <laughs> you know, right around the corner at most from most places that you're at in most cities. It's right around the corner. It's very readily accessible. And I don't really see I don't see people. Well, actually, I don't see people drinking Everclear in general very much, you know, which is probably a good thing. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see any bus drivers that are ripped or loaded on alcohol. So why in the world would they be, uh, you know, affected in some way and in any kind of a consciousness you know, altering way while they're, they're doing their job? It's just common sense. And yeah, I think that that's, yeah, exactly. that's, what will, that's what will play out because people will still use the same common sense. And I don't know why legislators can't just go, instead of the, all the scare tactics and, and hyperbole, why don't they just go, listen, this is what's going on with this. And, you know, maybe we should get them on our show and kind of like prep them on that. We can, we can instruct these guys <laughs> about what the issue is and – and how you need to represent it, you know, it, just stop the hype, stop the hysteria, stop all the nonsensical, you know, misgivings. Just look at it in a real sense. I mean, people aren't going to do that. Would you like your surgeon to smoke? What if you're, well, okay, so you're going to go in for an acode- uh, emergency appende- appendectomy. Would you like your surgeon to, you know, puff down a few bong rips before he comes in and works on you? That's ludicrous on its face. There's 9,000 substances in the planet that that person could put into their body. And I would assume, hopefully, they won't. that they would never consider doing that while they're just about to do a surgery, you know, or any kind of, uh, you know, kind of t- 
touchy operation like that. We have it's, to assume that I mean, I mean, we we don't have to assume, but most most people in these positions are qualified professional people who would never do something like that because it would jeopardize their career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons why that wouldn't happen. It's just. It's just ridiculous to me. And, you know, and if they want to spew their rhetoric, let them go ahead. But for goodness sake, I would at least ask, include the rest of the story, you know? I mean, at least... Marijuana being legal isn't going to encourage someone to smoke before before performing surgery. I mean, if, if... if if your surgeon is going to smoke a joint before he performs surgery, he's going to do so whether marijuana is legal or not. Right. And you know what? To be actually uh, completely honest and in, in, in total frankness, I would 100 percent, I'll probably 100 percent even encourage my uh, surgeon, even my brain surgeon, if I had one of those, to uh, definitely enjoy some quality cannabis. I could probably find somebody that could hook him up, actually, you know, when he goes to Barbados or wherever he goes for his you know extended holidays. And, and help him to chill and, and defeat some of the, the, the various static, you know, that we get from society and just the day-to-day, you know, grudgery. And, and, you know, come back replenished and, you know, refueled, you know, hopefully not intoxicated at the moment. But, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's a, kind of a, a ridiculous argument that I hear far too often, you know. As most of the ridiculous arguments that we get, they just get repeated and repeated until people start going, hey, this is really the way it is. Um, yeah. Hey, do you have any, uh, do you have any more news stories over there for us? Well, they're really worried about, uh, that dreaded pot in, uh, Montana. Oh, (laughs) the dreaded pot. With search, with search warrant in hand, officers slammed a battering ram through the door of the St. Marie home and discovered what they expected. I wish we could cue some very eerie, scary music now because believe and brace yourself people because this is scary. 39 marijuana plants in various stages of growth. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I know it's horrifying, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, well, that's what they found, and it was they only used a after... battering ram to find all that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. It was only here's the SWAT here's team? the big kicker. SWAT team. It was only yeah, uh, probably it doesn't it doesn't stipulate what it was, but um, you know. Anybody in a in a badge and a gun that comes into your house to tear up your stuff and, and steal your or seize your 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 uh, equipment is is completely uh, nightmarish and, and unnecessary in the first place. But here's the giant kicker: it was only after thousands of dollars in equipment and product were seized and destroyed that they learned Alan Edson was allowed to grow and sell marijuana for medicinal purposes. Oh well, that's silly. So that is absolutely insane. I mean, and they go through everything. The guy says, man, they even went through my wife's underwear drawer, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, I mean, I know a lot of cops, so I can understand what yeah, they Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably the best, <laughs> the best part of their day. <laughs> sure. You know, they need something to like, raise their spirits, so whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's, that's just another one of the, you know, long string of ludicrous occurrences that are happening but i don't think that people understand that thousands of instances similar to this in various you know audacities every year uh, occur every yeah actually every every week around the country thousands we don't hear about most of them there's it's be virtually impossible for anybody to aggregate all of that news you know maybe i found my phd dissertation but we'll see we're at a million arrests every year for smoking pot i think yeah i um, think we crossed that a couple years ago are we far? I'm sure we're probably at least close to that. I know we're over 800,000 recently, and these probably, figures always change. But I mean, probably leader in the world. They've never gone lower. They've always keep going higher. So I don't know how much progress I would um, consider that to be. But you know, we'll see what's going on. Um, I have. Uh, I have. Well, I don't. Know, if you're done with your news, I don't know if you are. I am. Let me see. I got my look through here real quick and see what else we got going on. Um, the Senate committee is hashing out the medical cannabis bill and, uh, you know, dispensary or uh, uh, kind of guidelines for the state of Colorado. Oh, in which Colorado. Um, the uh, marijuana, uh, medical marijuana ordinance tops the city's commission agenda in Great Falls, Montana. 
more stuff from Montana. Montana. Opinions are mixed about regulating medical marijuana in Great Falls. City government hearings on the issue drew packed houses, and Tuesday night is expected to be no exception. It's fantastic when you think about anytime they come together to talk about cannabis-related issues, tons of people show up, mm-hmm. you know, and almost without fail, it's the vast majority of people in uh, approval, you know, or in agreement with the pending legislation. So That's been my experience. Yeah, yep. I think it's been all of our experience. But the Great Falls City Commissioners will discuss medical marijuana at their regular meeting at 7 p.m. Tuesday, which is tomorrow, at a city agenda setting meeting Wednesday. Mayor Michael Winters suggested that the logical move would be to delay city action until state government improves its medical marijuana program. And he says, let the legislature plug the holes. So, yeah. We'll keep like our eye on that. that I don't trust that. those guys. Not when they're plugging holes. Yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. Well, we'll 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 definitely uh, uh, keep everyone informed on the the medical marijuana situation in Montana. Absolutely. And on a bright note, in uh, all the way on the 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 exact opposite uh, side of the state, edge of the state, in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, more than three hundred people gathered at the state capitol last Saturday afternoon to call for the legalization of marijuana. Outright, huh? Aha. Uh-huh. The protesters, mostly in their teens and 20s, chanted legalize and let's free cannabis as they marched along Fayetteville Street. Marchers held up signs saying bongs, not bonds, free the weed, and honk for weed, which I imagine a ton of people were honking at them. Beep, beep. And uh, Ben Smith from... Um, from uh, Lexington, who marched in the rally, was quoted as saying it should be legalized and regulated like any other drug. And uh, it's really, uh, it's really interesting to see that you know, without this type of aggregated news, most people wouldn't realize that these things are happening. I mean, more more than three hundred people—that's a pretty sizable group of people—to get down there and say, "Hey, look, take a look at this. We need to change some things." And North Carolina, what a beautiful place! Uh-huh. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, good, good, uh, good luck and, and good fortune to those folks out there, and, and uh, honest uh, appreciation for their efforts out there in Raleigh, North Carolina. Keep up the fight, guys, and we're with you. Give, right. uh, anybody, anybody from North Carolina is listening to this program. Please give us a call or email. You know, share your Let comments back, regardless of where you stay on this issue. We want to hear about what's going on. Um, and uh, that's about all we got. I have one other uh, positive clip to end on, although I'm going to play it. It's a five and a half minute clip, so I'm going to play it after we close the show. Excellent. And I I think we should actually dedicate um, an extended uh, discussion to to this topic, which is uh, women in the marijuana movement. Oh, absolutely. That's a fantastic I, topic. I, they, the women might, I think, uh, uh, Pot Green mentions that this uh, last episode or the one before that, uh, that the, the women in the marijuana movement might be the ones that push us over the edge. Absolutely. And as they have done in, in various issues historically, <laughs> you know, when they get together and say, hey, look, and that's how Mother's Day started, you know, being as how Mother's Day is right around the corner. That's, uh, that's how it got started, you know, from uh, moms. Uh, during the Civil War, talking about you know we got to stop this nonsense. We got to put an end to this, you know now. Oh, I and, did not know that. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, oh. Reminded your listeners, call your mom. Send Absolutely, your don't forget Mom's Day, man. There's nothing cannabis. We have dedicated all this effort in our activism and all this effort on putting together a program and to, to, to communicate on a regular basis with people about this issue because we understand that cannabis is such an amazingly useful and a helpful substance. It's so diverse and dynamic in all the different ways that it's positive and helpful, and, and we're still learning. And, you know, the vast amount of things we know already, it's just probably, you know, a a, a percentage of the whole big picture. So it's a fantastic thing. The only thing I can think of that's more dynamic and has more great things about it is mom. (laughs) (laughs) So appreciate your mom and let her know, you know, thanks for putting up with all my nonsense. Because, you know, that one time, mom, I was a real (laughs) shit. And I didn't ask like I didn't act like that then. But I realize it now. I just want to say, first of all, I'm really sorry about that. And secondly, thanks for putting up with me and being there for me and doing all the great stuff for me. And I love you, mom. And that's awesome. That is the order. Uh, Jamie Cass is telling you, call your mom. I'm the biggest mom advocate on the planet. 
because I love my mom. She's a, she's a heck of a lot of the reason that I'm still here and smiling. Love you, mom. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, women in drug policy. I'm going to play this after we close the show. It's a five-minute clip that was on the Today Show, I do believe, this past mm-hmm. week. And okay. I, I hope you will all uh, like it. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week on the uh, right. cannabis agenda. Yes. Until then, peace and pot. This morning on today's woman's so-called stiletto stoners, educated, career-minded women who regularly smoke marijuana. The topic is highlighted in a recent article in Marie Claire, and here is one woman's story we should point out that she asked us to disguise her identity. I am a book editor. I've worked in publishing for several years now. I often smoke pot when I get home from work. The stereotypical pothead depicted by Hollywood. This is it, man. This is what your grandchildren are going to be smoking. The jobless, loveless slacker. This weed is fantastic. Is not the only type of person getting stoned. Educated, career-minded, successful women like this 30-something admitted pot smoker are also lighting up. I look at it as just sort of a way to unwind and just relax and sort of decompress. According to a recent study, 8 million women in America smoke marijuana in the past year. For me, it's the equivalent of having a glass of wine at the end of a long day. An illegal habit she's keeping private. At my current job, no one knows that I smoke. My family does know. It's obviously not something that they're super happy about. But on the other hand, I have a career. In one month, she'll spend roughly two or $300 for approximately half an ounce. And even though it's against the law, she's neither worried about getting caught nor becoming addicted. I don't walk down the sidewalk blazing joints. I don't sit in the park next to moms with kids and smoke. I'm not worried about addiction. I feel like I'm more addicted to coffee than anything else. And I'm sure millions of people can say the same. The changing face of pot smokers. But you're so smart and so together and so organized and you're always on time. And I'm like, yes, I am all of those things and I do smoke pot. It's not impossible. Joanna Coles is the editor-in-chief of Marie Claire. Dr. Julie Holland is a psychiatrist at the New York University School of Medicine and the author of Weekends at Bellevue, Nine Years on the Night Shift at the Psych ER. Good morning to both of you. Nice to see you. How did this hit your radar? Well, really, we were hearing from a lot of readers that they were feeling very stressed. I mean, clearly the economy is a, a great source of stress for people, and they wanted a way to unwind. And they found more and more of them were doing this, and they found it had less impact on them when they were going to work the next morning. So they didn't want to drink. Uh, it's cheap and they felt they could do it in the privacy of their own home, and it was a very effective way to come down. That 8 million number we we quoted in the piece, that does not include teenagers who are experimenting with marijuana. You're talking about the 18 to 49-year-olds. We're talking about highly functioning women who, you, you know, these are not people who are lying on park benches, the typical picture of someone who's addicted to drugs. They're casual recreational users who find it very effective. This comment that we just heard in the piece where it's, it's just, I use it instead of having a glass of wine after work. How do you feel about that? Is it the same thing? Other than the fact that it's illegal. Well, the fact that it's illegal is a very big deal. You know, people have to hide and they feel like criminals and there's a lot of shame and guilt. It ends up making, uh, it decreases self-esteem a little bit and it makes it more adrenalized. You know, the fact that you add adrenaline into it that you have to hide and there's shame actually can make it feel more addictive. It can make it more dangerous. I have to say that's not what we're hearing from readers. I mean, first of all, it's decriminalized in 13 states. And I don't think this is a generation of people who get excited about the fact it's illegal. I think they try to 
in college and they're going back to something because these are times of real stress. And I don't think they're excited by the fact it's illegal. And honestly, it's not very difficult to get. That's the other thing. Right. Well, one, we would talk to people who had dealers in their offices. One woman in your piece said that it's like her bubble bath. Uh, right. And, but but it, when you make comments like that, and I think what I was getting at with you, Doctor, when you say equate it to a glass of wine, are you ignoring a darker side of this issue? Well, it is a drug, like alcohol is a drug, or like coffee, caffeine, cigarettes. So um, it's just, it's very different than alcohol. It's a, it's more of a mind drug. I feel alcohol is sort of a, a deadening, numbing, more maybe like more like a body drug. So people are unwinding and they're relaxing, but they're also able to think and maybe analyze or think clearly, pull back and see the macro, maybe make some changes in their lives. I think that, that cannabis really is more of a psychotherapeutic drug. It could actually be more helpful than alcohol, certainly in terms of insomnia or depression, anxiety. It can potentially be a treatment or a medicine. And, and Joanna, post-publication of this article, is the feedback from the viewers changing at all? Well, the feedback from our readers is really that they're very pleased, that they recognize themselves. I mean, it's not a piece condoning it. It's a piece saying, look, this is going on. How do we feel about it? And a lot of people have written in saying, you know what, I do this too, and I'm really glad you've shone a light on it because I need to know other people are doing it. That's absolutely what I'm hearing. And I think the, the behavior probably needs to be normalized. I think, you know, the countries that are regulated, they've got less use, not more. All right. Doctor, Joanna, thanks very much. Appreciate it.